Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude, it is a decision, it is a project, it is a journey, it is a life choice. Every week I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. Today, I have the most influential woman of my entire life, my mother. Hello, mother. Hello, daughter. (laughs) This is Beverly Israel. She, for those who know her, on the outside, people say that they can't believe that she's my mom. And they're not just like saying that because she's so beautiful visually. And there's, you know, my mom has definitely gone up and down in sizes and how she looks. And on the outside, people have always been so like blown away by her beauty. Um, but I know I, I've known her for 41 years and I know that this is probably one of her biggest struggles, right? Right. It's been one of mine. And so I thought nothing would be more appropriate than having my mom be the first episode interview that we're going to be airing. So here she is. Welcome, mom. Welcome. Thank you. I I think you're the most beautiful one. You're biased. So I said, is is everything on mute at your house? What do you mean? Like your beeping and your text messages and your phone and my phone. My favorite is when we have Lulu on here, my grandmother, God willing, is going to be on here. Her text message is what? No, that's her phone ring. Uh, and and it is as loud as if you're in a bar mitzvah. Okay, so this is what I wrote about my mom. The woman I, look, the woman I looked up to as what beauty looked like as a little girl. This is not about diets or exercise programs. There's no woman on earth who eats as clean and is is as diligent as my mother, but it isn't enough. Why? She didn't want to come on today. She was a little hesitant, but she's my greatest cheerleader. So she had to say yes. And it has to be the first one. Mm -hmm. Mom, why did you say yes? Well, because I believe in you so strongly and you, uh, I love this whole concept and this idea, must love self. It's something like you said, I've struggled with my entire life. You know, I believe that I have, what is it called, dysmorphia, where you look and you don't see yourself as you are. And like you said, I eat really clean. I exercise every single day. And yet I still look at myself and say, you're fat. Right. The mean self-talk has never gone away. Never gone away. Um, and we're going to get into that. I want to thank you for showing up and, and sharing and braving it because what I want other women to hear, and by the way, I have 44 weeks signed up for, that's almost a wow. year. So wow. that's telling the universe that women are saying we want to change. And I want anyone that's listening to understand whether you want to show up and join the virtual mic, whether you want to do one-on-one coaching with me or a small group coaching, which if you have a bunch of friends and you want to do that, we do it twice a month. Um, and that's a place where we can intimately talk about the changes that need to happen. 
But what I'm seeing here is a movement because I don't know about you, but I'm sick of living like this. Like, can you imagine how much time and energy we spend thinking about how we look, if we're enough? It's just, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And as long as I've known you, which is my whole life, you've always been on an eating plan. You've always been doing, following some specific, and behind my mom, which you can't see, are probably hundreds of cookbooks and ingredient books and eat clean, eat green, you know, we've tried everything. Um, I think that you're closer to, to the healthy place that you've ever wanted to be in terms of eating. It's not about um, becoming nothing. It's about feeling healthy and strong. I think that since we both went plant-based. Right, well, like what I was gonna say is I no longer say I'm on a diet, you know? Right. I used to, when I was younger, eat whatever I wanted, get disgusted, and then say, I'm on a diet. And then would either do Suzanne Summers or Atkins right. or something like that. But about 12 years ago, I went plant-based, whole food plant-based. What made you do that? Um, just a lot of research, listening to podcasts, um, reading books and stuff. I, I love animals. I don't think that killing animals for food is a you know sustainable or good for our our environment the earth you know and so I went years ago to um, a doctor who was a vegetarian and then a vegan and I started researching and looking into it and then I went to a weekend a veg fest and that's when your father, my husband, went plant-based as well after listening to the doctors and the speakers. And Yeah, and you know what it's about? It's about, for me, what I'm really trying to change is the, my vocabulary. And that's something we're gonna get into. I no longer want to say skinny and fat. I wanna say healthy and strong and fit because there are women and men that are um, not ideal in terms of society's visual like body type but they're way healthier, stronger, and more fit than I am who are running marathons, who are, you know, kicking ass. And I really want to break that mold of what is beautiful. Um, and I think it starts with us. So we're going to just get right into it. Okay. Um, one thing I think it's really important is, is to stop pretending our age is not our age. And I want to own our age and own all of us. And did you listen to Option B or read it by Sheryl Sandberg? Yes. Yes. So she's the one who changed my mind about talking about my age because her husband died, I think around 46 or 47 right. unexpectedly on the treadmill. And she said when her friends would complain about getting older, she would tell them, you're not allowed to talk like that around yes, me. My husband right. doesn't get right. So right. how old are you? I am 67 years old. And was there a specific age where you felt uncomfortable about your age? think so maybe well let's put it this way I got sober at 38 and I can specifically remember that I felt really old at 38 like that's really late to get sober and when I think about that now when you're 41 I'm like I was so young you know yeah. but I think that that's what history has shown me when I look back at pictures and I see myself and I think I look good and at that time I thought I was Fat. Yes. Yeah. I remember a picture of you at our old house on Laurelhurst. You're bending over like in short shorts, like doing right. uh, landscaping. And, and you were like twiggy, coke yeah. skinny toothpick. And you said, 
that when you remember that time, you felt fat. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something else that I always find to be interesting is we talk about feeling fat as if it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel sad. Feeling fat for us is actually a feeling. And it owns me when it happens. Right. But I have to say, I don't know, um, maybe about four years ago, I did a, a eating plan. It was called BLE, Bright Line Eating. And it was a specific plan where you have three meals a day, no um, flour, no sugar, no snacks in between. And I lost, I think, close to 15 pounds. And so all of my clothes and all of everything that I have for the past, you know, that lasted like two years. And then when I kind of went off that plan, I gained the weight back. And so now everything is tight and I'm right. grateful that um, we had a pandemic because I've been in yoga pants and sweatpants. And so it's not been an issue, but when I go to put on certain clothes and they're tight, I think that just adds to my- I have a question. When you were doing that, did you feel restricted? Yes. And when you were, yeah, you were hungry and you were restricted. Did you feel happy about how you looked? Yes. So you were happy, but you were restricted and hungry. Right. And why didn't, why did you not keep it up? Because it was so restrictive. And, right. you know, like. Was that I, when you were like weighing everything? You had to weigh everything. I felt yeah. so triggered when I would come to your house and I would see scales and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't live yeah. like that. Right. Like you could only have four ounces and six ounces of vegetables. And like, no, like when I make every night, I have a huge salad right. and I don't My salad, it. when I make it, literally looks like I'm serving an entire family. Right. Remember right. when we went to Tanta Brunia's house in New York and I thought that the salad that she put in front of me was for me, but it was for the entire family. Yeah. <laughs> right, because, and I don't want, I don't want to feel restricted. I remember before I made the decision to truly change how I approach this, I heard my mean voice telling me, Carly, you've gone off track. You're not allowed to have this many Think Thin Bars anymore because I have so many issues with, with my um, body stuff and eating stuff from having anorexia, bulimia and exercise dysmorphia for decades that um, I've gotten to the place where my body hurts so much from how I've harmed it GI wise that if I could eat like a pellet that made me feel full and I didn't need to worry about food, I would because it's exhausting to me. And I was like, if you spoke to me like this, I would never speak to you again in my life, right? Well, I say that to myself all the time. I would never talk to anybody the way I, I talk to myself. And yet it's like a, a double-edged sword because like yesterday I had ice cream after dinner your father and I went to the West side and we had a vegan pizza and it was delicious. And I allowed myself to have that. And we had cauliflower, breaded cauliflower, you know? And so I think it's like first thing in the morning and maybe at the end of the day at night when I'm in, lay in bed that I have this bad self-talk. But during the day I allow myself, you know, I don't eat a ton of sugar. It's something that I have maybe once in a while, but you know, I say I'm 67 years old. When am I going to be okay with? So you know, um, 
Jennifer Pasloff, right? And she talks about the inner asshole, the IA. And for those who don't know, Jennifer Pasloff is awesome. She wrote the foreword to my book, Seconds and Inches. If you haven't checked it out, I would listen to her reading it. Um, but she talks about the IA is the inner asshole. It's the inner voice in her head that is saying things like, why did you eat that? You're so fat, you're disgusting. But then you have another voice that says, you're 67 years old, at what point Right. And, and your mother, I was so just that, say, right? my mother is 87 and she still watches what she So does. when, she, so just to keep in mind, my grandmother, Lulu was how old when she had you? She was 20. Okay. She was 20 when she had you, you were 25 when you had me. Yes. And the three of us would go to New York city every year for fun, amazing shopping trip. Never saw like a never saw like empire state building. It was just about like shopping. learning how to shop, what looks good on you, what doesn't. There were lots of rules that I learned in my head. We are not allowed to wear striped shirts in, in horizontal because it makes you look fat. Um, and one of the things that was not negative was I'm able to hear your voice and Lulu's voice in my head when I try on clothes. But what I change it to is that is not flattering on you in a way that it's not my body that's not looking good, it's the outfit, right? So that actually isn't a negative thing. I think that's actually a helpful thing that I've gotten from you guys is how to figure out what looks good and what doesn't look good, but not in like, a. there was never a demeaning way about it, but there were rules, yeah. like very clear rules. And I remember Lulu saying, when I'm an old lady, I'm going to get fat and eat cookies and sit in a rocking chair and not care. Does she do that now? No. Why? I mean, she does let herself have her chocolate and every now and then she'll have like, oh, she'll say, what the hell? I'm going to eat the French fries or whatever. But you could see that she holds back, you know, like yeah. she'll come over to my house and I'll give her coffee and I'll say, you want a cookie? And she's like, no, or you want a banana and she'll have half a banana when you know she could eat a whole banana, but she's watching. So, yeah. so there's no hope for us. I guess my whole <laughs> life I've seen that and you've seen that. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's get back into that. So um, I'm, I'm going to have you rate on a scale of one to 10. One is I'm a monster to myself. I'm really mean. 10 is I'm aware of how awesome I am um, right now your body, where are you? What rating would you give yourself? Six. Okay. Your self-worth? A nine. Your ability to use your voice? A nine. Okay, awesome. Tell me about the women in your life when you were growing up and what you saw. Like I just talked about what I saw. What did you see growing up? Was it just your mom? Was there aunts around? Who were the women that were around you? Um, that you saw as beautiful or what beautiful was supposed to look like? Um, I can vividly remember, I don't know how old I was, maybe nine years old or 10 years old. My mom had a best friend. Her name was Mary. Mary mm -hmm. was not skinny. She, she, you know. She was, was zaftig. Zaftig, right, exactly. Yeah, tell, tell the non-Yiddish listeners what zaftig means. Zaftig means um, like she was healthy, chunky. You know, but just, she had a womanly curvy figure. Yes, she was well, big yeah. boobs, big butt, yes, sexy. Yes. Yeah. And so they were sitting in the kitchen. And I remember I came downstairs in a bathing suit and they said something, not knowing that I could hear. Um, she made a joke that I looked fat or that like my uh, camel toe or something was 
she made a comment about that. I'll never forget it. And my whole life growing up, whenever anybody, What did you feel when they said that? I felt worthless. I felt horrible. At what age did you notice that you, that your body was something? Like at what, when, how old were you? Like when you remember? I think I started per my period at 11 and I got um, developed. I got boobs and everything at 11 years old. I was as tall as I am now. All the boys came up to my boobs that no, you know, the boys didn't grow until later on. And so I remember feeling um, my mom put me on a diet. She like, did? Yes. And in those days, she told me that I was heavy and that I needed to watch what I ate. I had two brothers who were like bean poles. And my mom was always skinny. And she said I, I could eat steak and salad. You know, it was basically like Summer no size. carbs. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I How did. How old were you when she told you that? 12. So I have a question. You never, ever told me I needed to be on a diet. Was yes. that a conscious decision? Yes. Because of what it was like growing up for you? Yes. And you were so skinny. You were. I mean, like, I was anorexic. Yeah. But were you, when she put you on a diet, like, did you go in your room and cry? Like, how did, did you talk to anyone about it? Did you tell your friends? Yeah. Well, first of all, it didn't really work because when she, when she first started, like suggesting she didn't ever force me but she made suggestions you know like I don't like to be told what to do so I would do the opposite you know and I'm like I'm okay I don't remember feeling you know like not okay in my own skin and you know I was just looking back at my wedding pictures and stuff and I don't remember like did I feel fat and I don't remember it well that. you were 18 yes and probably high probably <laughs> was any of your drug use um to help you be skinny because mine was uh cocaine definitely it was like they were like smoking cigarettes and certain drugs made me skinnier and I loved that right but I love marijuana and that made me have the munchies so. right but I didn't Which, care it was right because you were high yeah so your mom is starting to suggest things. What are the girls like in your school? Like you grew up, so you're born in 53. So when you were a teenager, was that like the middle of like hippie time? Uh, when I was a teenager, yes. Vietnam War was going on. Rock and roll just was starting. And so what was sexy for women then? We burned our bras, didn't wear bras, and basically jeans and tank tops and t-shirts so but like when I went to high school if you were not a size zero you were fat were was that something that was out there like about body like was there body shaming I feel like a lot of my friends just were petite and small and I always felt large big like big maybe it, because I was so tall but I just always felt did boys make fun of you because you were developed early um, I don't remember that. I think they liked it. Yeah, see, I was flat forever. And so boys made fun of me for being flat. And then, but I also had friends like, like you that were developed at sixth grade and they made fun of them for having big boobs. So it was like, you could do no wrong. Like there was no way you could possibly. Um, and when did you start feeling on your own that you didn't like your body? Um, the, the first time that I can remember is when I was pregnant because so as a teenager you were okay with your body 
I, I can't, I don't have a, a recollection of feeling, you know, once I lost some weight when I was 12 and ate steaks and salads and, and you know, like that, I must have stayed okay. I was never a skinny mini, but I was curvy and, you know, I was. Wait, okay. Tell me how you got, became Miss Teen Beachwood. Tell us, so Miss Teen Beachwood, just so you know, I, I don't know where the pictures are and I will not post them, I promise. But there are pictures of my mom in a sash, like a beauty sash, and it says Miss Teen Beachwood. And she's wearing like a flower hippie bikini. But you had like muffin tops, beautiful, curvaceous, gorgeous. And you're standing there. What, how did you do that? Like what happened? I have no idea. I don't remember at all. You don't, you don't even remember why you entered? why I signed up or, or somebody must have suggested it and probably no one else from Beachwood signed up. So I became Miss Team Beachwood. It was that kind of a thing. But, you know, during my teenage years, I met your father when I was 14, started getting high right after that. So we just, you know, I didn't, I don't think I thought about my body much then. The first time I remember thinking about my body, I was pregnant with your brother, Adam. I gained 60 pounds because my whole life, I guess I watched what I ate. And so for me being pregnant meant that I was free to do whatever I want. And I did, I, you know, I took your eating for two to heart and I <laughs> ate everything and I gained 60 pounds and it was horrible. And I remember my father coming in the delivery room after I delivered Adam and said, are you sure they didn't leave a baby in there? Because I was still huge. Because Did your mom say anything to you while you were pregnant? Because I feel like Lulu could not have gotten that big when she was pregnant. No, she never said anything, but I can consciously remember at the time we, she had a, they had a dry cleaning store and I worked with her. And I remember being on Chagrin Road over there by um, Pinans, you know, it, by Chagrin and Lee. And she was crossing the street and I was following her and I was big and pregnant and she was tiny yeah feeling oh will I ever be tiny like that again you know and um no but you know at, as soon as I delivered those babies I didn't nurse you guys because I wanted to get high and I wanted to get skinny to get skinny what did you do to restrict I, yourself I ate nothing all day I ate an apple for lunch so you made a plan for yourself yes that's what and I did. Lots of plants. Lots of plants. So and I would you're probably starving. Starving. But I guess you get used to starving. You really do. And I did mean, anyone ever say anything? Or did you get, see, what I would get was I would get approval out loud, verbal approval. Oh my God, you look so great. Right. You look so skinny. What are you doing? Right. I remember a picture of you at Adam's bar mitzvah. So you were still not sober where you fit into this dress where you looked like Daryl Hannah, sequins from neck to toe. That and, was, I was on cocaine at that time. So right. And you were exercising Jane. Fi so this is what I remember my mom. I was a little girl and I had, and for those who've seen my picture of me in my gold MA bikini, and I had a one pack, which was just like a big round stomach. <laughs> a one pack. Right. And my knee highs and my juicy thighs and I remember at that age, I mean, I remember a lot at that age because I'm weird, but I remember loving myself. And then I remember looking at you and you were drinking diet something, smoking a cigarette. You took off the bun at McDonald's. And I remember asking you why you took off the bun. And you said, because bread makes you fat. 
and then you were always dieting and you had your exercise like socks what are those called leg warmers leg warmers and you were constantly pounding the shag carpeting in front of the tv to jane fonda and denise austin and you broke your toe and we had stair you know like stair climbers like we were constantly exercising and i remember thinking if she thinks she and you tell me all the time you're fat not me you talk about yourself you never said anything to me but what I think, and this is not, you know, to put any blame on you, but what I think is really important as mothers is to be very mindful about how we talk about our own bodies because yeah. your children, whether they're female or male, I have three boys and my, all, all three of my boys have told me about their body shaming that they've had. Um, what's really uncomfortable is that they see all these boys in videos and they don't, they want a six pack ab mm -hmm. um, or they feel like they're getting fat and it's an embarrassment that they have. And I, and it broke my heart and I can't even fathom what it was like to watch me. But when you were doing that, were you conscious that you hated your body? Like when you were mothering me and you were talking about like, oh, I'm disgusting, nothing fits. Were you aware of it? I don't think it was a 24 hour feeling, but yes, I had periods throughout probably every day where I, I would feel like that and then I'd get over it, you know, and, and right. live. And you yo-yoed like for a long time. Yes. You went super skinny, super big, super. And then I think when you finally, when you got sober, you started to get balanced and right. really take care of your body in a totally different way. Right. Um, how was your self-worth while you were having all these struggles with your body? Well, I think before I got sober, my self-worth was zero like yeah. really bad because i knew i was doing wrong and that i i you know i could be better i wasn't a good mom i wasn't a good wife i wasn't a good daughter and i had guilt about that but i didn't know how to change it you know so your mean self-talk was constant then constant. and then at that time how was your ability to use your voice well, I would talk to myself, you know, and then I can remember getting sober. And after I got sober, I think I, I gained weight. Because right, because you weren't starving yourself. Right. I gave up my cigarettes, I gave up, you know, drugs and alcohol, and um, I picked up food. And I remember consciously, we lived in Diane Drive, looking in the mirror and thinking, you go to meetings and people don't judge you. They don't think, look at me and say, you're fat. They, they think, what kind of person am I? And I, I could rationalize that, but I couldn't get over the yucky feeling. Right, and that's actually a big thing I want to address for myself self is all of the women that come on here know what it takes to eat in a way that's gonna be great for their body. They know what it takes to exercise in a way that's gonna be great for their body. And they logically understand that they don't wanna live like this but we're all stuck here. And, you know, I think me and you discussed this, what will it take for you to get to a place? And it's not about not caring because I think that is actually a misconception. We're not saying don't care. We're saying, how can we approach this from a different direction? So I've actually started changing my vocabulary and I no longer talk about being skinny or fat. I talk about being strong, healthy, and fit. Do you still use words like skinny and fat with yourself? I do. I don't, Are you willing I, to change that? Skinny in a long time, but I use fat. I, yeah, I mean, just this morning I was downstairs working out and I have 
in my exercise room, a whole wall of mirrors. And yeah. so when I look to the side, I look at my belly and I'm like, oh my God, you're so, you know, it, and it didn't, it wasn't always like that. So it's hard, that part. And then I guess during the day I get dressed and I, you know, I'm okay with myself today because I do the next right thing. I, you know, I'm a good listener. I help right. people, you know, as much as I can. So I'm okay. I just have these moments. We all do, right? Yeah. But they, I actually believe that those moments are so damaging to our soul. Like, and my concept of God, which is not religious, it's spiritual like yours is, is very much like an amazing parent. And if you heard me speaking like that out loud to myself, right. you would cry, right? right? And I really think that it, what's going to help us is to start thinking about our soul voice inside of ourselves, hearing Bev and hearing Carly saying those things. And the soul voice is going to respond to the inner asshole. And it's going to just be there to keep responding. And I think that making a conscious decision to change our vocabulary, just like when you learn that a certain word is no longer appropriate or politically correct, we have to change our vocabulary. Yeah. You know, and I heard that um, story the other day, I was listening to Adrienne Gold's, um, she has a podcast, which is oh, unbelievable. Yeah. It's like six seasons and it's, you would love it. And she talked about that story that we've heard before in the rooms about the two wolves. You know that story? Right, and the, the, boy, the boy and the father are together and they talk about that there's two wolves within all of us The you know, the, in there, they're saying the dark wolf or the mean wolf and the, the, the light wolf or the, you know, the good wolf. And the boy says to the father, how do you know which one wins out? And the father says, whichever one you feed. And so I don't believe that we can completely eradicate the inner asshole voice. But I think if we spend more time feeding that soul voice that says, that's not true and it's not kind and I need you to please stop. Right. And that's actually the voice within us that needs to be speaking louder than any other voice. Then and we, if we really work on that, you know, like as me and you know, if you concentrate on the problem, the problem will always be there. But right. if you concentrate on the solution, you'll get so busy trying to stay focused on that. And so it looks like this. When I hear that mean voice, I say, no, I'm not going to talk to myself like that anymore. That no, thank you. Like, please stop just like you would if, if someone spoke like that to you out loud. Right, and I agree. And I know that rationally, Carly, I know that my husband loves me the way I am. I know, it means nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything when it's I, someone else. And I, I, like I said, I eat clean, I exercise every single day. So I don't know what I could do to change it. Why I can't just say, accept that, you know, I'm no longer 20 years old. And I don't think it's an acceptance. I think it's actually, an action and it's making the decision that for the rest of the day today when not if when that voice comes back you are literally going to address it immediately and just say, like you would out loud just like you would address it if somebody was disrespectful to you and that's going to be the power of us saying with our voice i will not be treated like this and then when that happens when we become so consistent with our vocabulary to ourselves then when we have our friends around us so like what no one else will hear is when I saw my mom, I said, you look beautiful. And you said, ugh, I'm not, I look, I'm a mess. And right, what right. you need to start saying is, I do look beautiful, right? 
Right. When I go into the bathroom every single time I see a mirror, I say, hi, you look beautiful, literally to myself. Do you do that in the mirror? No. I want you to start because- I look in the mirror and I say, look at this wrinkle. Nope. No, thank you. Well, you have too many mirrors in your house. Yeah. I can't see shit in my house. So I have like two mirrors. And when I see myself, I say, hi, Carly. I actually have antique mirrors in my bathroom that are like all forcocted that you oh, can't you see. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you look fabulous. And here's the thing. When I take pictures of myself, if there's a picture I don't like, it's the picture I don't like, not myself. And so I actually do believe that there's something we can do. It's about changing how we're doing this. And I want that so badly for you because you have a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And- But it's not only, like you said, you have three boys. I look at Izzy and Indy, and Izzy is constantly saying, look at my six pack, look at my six pack, look at my muscles. So aware of their body and they're seven years old. And I remember right. Desmond saying, look, yes. at, do I have a six pack? And he, my son actively doesn't eat on purpose he because he fat. wants to be skinny. And I talked to him about my experience and how miserable that was. And you know what I, I want other- to picked it up from watching you or knowing that it's not even just watching us, it's society. It is. Society. You know, I no longer follow anybody on social media that posts pictures of before and after. I know it helps some people. I find it to be really, really painful to watch because ultimately what we're saying is, here's who I used to be. And then I got rid of so much of it on the outside and here's who I am now. And don't I, aren't I more valuable and beautiful now? And everyone likes it. And it's, it's promoting this culture of you are better when you are this size. And when you're this size, you are not beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be so painful and I don't want to live like that anymore. You know? So, um, back to you, I want to know if, you know, one of the things you said was that you still struggle with feeling fat. What would it take for you? I know you don't understand necessarily like how you could possibly do more, but what would it take for you to get to a place where it wasn't about accepting it? It was about making a decision to change it. Some kind of a, a mental, it's all in my head. So right. like, like I, you know, I said, I, I eat so clean. I exercise every day. So I, I mean, I could eat less but I don't choose to at this point in my life. I eat healthy and maybe I eat a little more than I should, but hey, come on, when am I going? You know, like life is short. I don't, I don't know how much time I have left. Right. So I don't want to be so restrictive. Me neither. I think that the restrictive is so painful. You know, I've interviewed, I mean, I have anonymous surveys from over 120 women. Every single woman said on there, they compare themselves to other women and about 45% said that they over-exercise and restrict themselves and it's painful. Yeah, and I just remember laying in bed when I was really skinny and not feeling like, oh, wonderful, you know, happy, joyous and free because of that. So I still had the same whatever issues or, you know, life problem, life. So it was, it's not about that. It's all in my so I have a question. So my, so I work with Sarah Heilman, um, who's going to be on here. She's my nutritionist. Um, I hired her not to help me with food or exercise. I hired her because she used to have an eating disorder and I had broken my foot from running because I have so many problems with my bones ever since I had an eating disorder. And I remember crying when I was at the orthopedic because he said I couldn't exercise 
because um, I've had a lot of exercise induced injuries. And I was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I cannot do this. Right. And what it was for me is I made a conscious decision that I was not going to live like this anymore. And that did not include how I was going to eat or how I was going to exercise. It made it so I needed to do those two things for my sanity. Like if I don't exercise every day, as you know, I feel crazy because I have ADD and anxiety and three children and seven jobs. And I feel overwhelmed. And for me, exercise is actually a health restorative that makes me feel like I can breathe. Me too. It's self-care. Okay. It's so let's look at it like that. Yeah. Instead of, I want to exercise to be a certain size. Oh, I don't. Not anymore. I okay, don't. Good. I exercise because I want to be healthy. I mean, I have arthritis. And right. Pain. And you need it, right? I if you don't do it. that, yeah. you'll get sick, right? Yes. And then the food, I want to think about the food is about how can I sustain and nourish my body in a way that feels good? And I know when I eat certain foods that don't make my body feel good because after I have like an, a hangover from it. Yeah, I don't and, get that. You're lucky. I wish I, I, wish I <laughs> um, Okay, so here's my question for you. If you could go back to your 15, 16-year-old self, well, maybe it isn't your 15 or 16-year-old self because you actually weren't struggling then. You were struggling postpartum. Yes. So if you could go back to Bev postpartum, what would you say if you had an afternoon to sit and talk with her? Is there anything you wish she would have known then? I would say, you know, your self-worth who you are to other people doesn't matter what, you know, your physical self looks like. It's an, you know, just like happiness is an inside job. And I would say for the most part, I still struggle with that today. I have 90% of my life is happiness and I'm good, but I still on a daily basis am mean to myself. And that's what I'd like to work on. So I have a question. Do you think it's possible for you to get to a different place if you yeah. do the work? Because I've changed, you know, I in know so many areas that there's for a- me, this was my last frontier in a big way. Like, obviously I'm going to always have growth, always have things to work on. But for me, it did not make sense for the woman I am, for the sponsor I am, for the role model I am in the world to live this lie of, I hate myself right. in one area. Right. And it feels so inconsistent with the woman you are. Like, I want that for you. I want you to see yourself as fucking beautiful. Well, I'm ready to do the work, Carly. So whatever, we got a group together. Two things we're going to do. And I would love for you to get some of your friends together, like Cindy, some of your girlfriends, maybe four or six of them. And we can do the group together because it's going to be hard work, but Mm -hmm. it's nice to have each other to remind each other no, you're not. And you call each other out. When one of you says, I feel fat, you're like, bullshit, stop that. It's not helpful, right? Um, I, did you remember your quotation for today? I did. What did, what did you bring? I, my quotation is, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And, and why did you bring that? John Lennon said that. Because <laughs> I think it's so true. You know, it's just like we learn in the program too. We make plans and God laughs, you know, like I do the footwork. I do what I need to do on a daily basis, but life is going to continue to happen. And so I need to be consistent in my thinking and in my actions every day, no matter what life brings me. Right. And I love that so much. And, you know, I was, I listen to motivational speakers all the time. That's like my meditation. And 
all of the motivational speakers, athletic ones, um, ones for business, they all say the same thing. You don't have to be good at what you're doing. You just have to be a master of consistency. And so that work ethic and making the decision every day when those voices come, I refuse to allow them to take over. And I will call them out. And that's, I think that we can't be um, willing to use our voice with other people until we're willing to use our voice with ourselves truly, right? And, you know, I wanna be a woman who is an example to other women of how we can get free. And I truly think that you can be that too. Um, now we're gonna do a lightning round. So okay. you have to, real quick, okay, ready? In terms of your body, what judgment do you wanna let go of? Thinking I'm fat. Okay, anything Hating other words? Hating my belly. Okay, what would your 80 year old self say to the, your 67 year old self? Why waste so much time thinking about your body? What's holding you back from accepting your body as it is? My brain. <laughs> what? Stinking, stinking thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's the same exact thing. Yeah. What is beauty to you? Uh, beauty is being kind, being loving, being a good listener. What does it mean to be a strong woman? Asserting yourself, using your voice. So that's perfect because that means I need to use my voice with myself. Right. So you know the four agreements? Yes. So I always go back and revisit, 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 because while I don't love how the whole thing is written, I just read the agreement. And being impeccable with our word, which is the first agreement, is what must love self is about. Is I want to be impeccable with my word to myself. The words I say about myself to myself can either destroy me or build me up. And I want to be a woman who builds other people up, including myself. Well, then I'm going to add one thing to the, to your must love self that you need to think about working with, with women that are aging. You know, you talked about plan B aging in itself is difficult, you know, like seeing the changes in your body, not only physically in your shape, but wrinkly and crepey skin and aches and pains, you know, the whole aging thing that your body is no longer what it was able to do before. But yet your mind is still young. And here's the other part. What a freaking waste that for the last 50 years, you were still so mean to yourself about your body when yeah. your body was not wrinkly and was yeah. strong, right? So it's like, I waste all this time hating my body while it's beautiful. And I look back and go, oh my God, I wish I could have been like right. that. And that, right? And so one of the things I also am going to address, cause I'm gonna have, I'm looking for a, a plastic surgeon that's a female that's really into body, um, like owning our body, because I actually am not against women wanting to do upgrades or plastic surgery or whatever they wanna do, because I actually think must love self is about finding a way to make yourself feel beautiful, no judgment from anyone, right? Like regardless, whether you keep all your wrinkles and say, I earned them all, or right. you say, I feel stronger about myself when I'm like this. It's not about judging. It's about what do you need to do for yourself to feel beautiful? Um, I wanna know what you want others to say about you when you're not there. I want them to say that she was kind, she was loving, she was a good listener. So thanks, what was that last one? She cares. So it sounds like you need to do those things with yourself because you do them with everybody else. Right. Two other questions. 
if you found out that December 31st, 2021 was your last day on earth, what would you do differently this year? So you've got, um, it's March, so you have nine months. Uh, spend time with my family, most of all. Travel a little bit, but that's like, I'd love to travel, but I don't want to miss my family. Um, mostly just spend time with the ones I love. What would you do about the clothes that um, you fit in when you were restrictive? Get rid of them. <laughs> and what would you do about your head when you were mean to yourself? Tell myself that this is not working, that it's not true. Don't, don't listen. Right. Um, last question. What word or one piece of advice do you have that you want every woman that's listening to hear? That's a toughie. What one word of advice? It could be a, a sentence, you know. Be true to yourself. What, what you have on your wrist, yeah. thine own self be true. Shakespeare, because... But which self are you talking about? Your authentic self, not your skinny self or not the self that you want. Not your inner be. asshole, your soul not voice. Your soul voice. Right, because if me or you got that horrible call that we're both dreading, that one of us has cancer, right, and we get really skinny because we can't eat anything and we're on all those miserable things, we will not feel happy with our bodies. We will feel- say, You know, like all through the years having those kind of thoughts, I used to think, why doesn't anyone, why don't women like on their deathbed when they're dying of cancer say, you shouldn't waste time dieting or worrying about your body. You should live. You know, I, I always would think that in the back of my mind. Why don't people say that? Like, that's so not important when you come down. That's what I want to say right now. And right. what's so interesting is, you know, that, that we are not really aware of and that I've become more aware of as I wrote my memoir is our ancestors, just for you, one generation away, were starved to death yeah. in concentration camps. Yes. And that in many cultures, being that skinny is unhealthy yes. and sick, right? But when inside of ourselves, we, we want to be like that. And, you know, I remember, you know, this story, but at the end of my first marriage, ultimately what happened was my then husband wanted me to be less of who I was. And I remember crying because I worked so hard to be who I am, but that's ultimately what we're asking ourselves to is we less. want to be less. And I want to be more and I want to own that. And if that means getting rid of the clothes that no longer fit me in that reminder, like I would rather find beautiful clothes today that make me feel beautiful today than wish I could be in something that I, right. I you know what I mean? I'm so grateful for your time and energy and honesty. I'm so grateful for you. You teach me every single day. I love all of your work that you're doing. I'm so proud of you. We're going to rock this. This is going to be massive. I was telling Jonathan, I want must love, must love self black and white beanies. I see it like Chanel colors, just black and white and must love self, you know, hats and yoga pants with must love self on our asses and tank tops. And I just want it to be this decision that we're making that we're like, fuck this. Let's get healthy and strong and support each other because the amount of time and energy women more than anyone waste on this subject is exhausting. It's it exhausting, is. isn't it? I, you said you're looking for motivational speakers. Um, I just, this week when I was at Fangs getting a facial, they told me about this woman, her name is Mel Robbins. 
if you um, hashtag Mel Robbins on Instagram and um, she has a book, The Five Second Rule, and she's a motivational singer, speaker, and she just was at Fang having her saline implants removed. So. Removed, yeah. And she posts about it on uh, Instagram, so. I'm gonna have to reach out to her. Yeah. I love you so much. I love you more. I'm so proud of you. Let's make a decision today that we are going to feed the, the wolf that wants us to be strong and healthy. And we're going to tell the other wolf not today. Amen, sister. I love you. Thank you, mama. No problem. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate, review, and share with your lady friends. If you're ready to do the work it's going to take to love yourself as you are, your body, your worth, and your voice, please reach out to me at carlyisrael.com and we can connect. I offer one-on-one private coaching virtually as well as small intimate groups. It's going to take a ton of work and a lot of commitment on your part, but I promise to be in your corner. I hope you have an amazing day and I hope you spread the light you feel with others so they can feel it too. La, 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 la,